I'm back. What is up, everybody? I have been on a bit of a hiatus. It's your host, Blaine Spencer, the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. Been adjusting into a new job, get trying to figure out my schedule and all of that. But we figured out a little bit of a timeline of when I can actually record this podcast. Hopefully, it's going to be Sundays and Mondays. And as you can see, there is someone with me today on this return to the of the final whistle. I have actually my brother, Keegan Spencer. He is a homer, as you can see. He's got his final whistle merch on. He's went rep, repping some Notre Dame gear, as we're diehard Notre Dame fans, as you've heard me eloquently say numerous times, yelling at the screen to you guys. But Keegan, thank you for coming on. It's going to be a little bit of a sibling rivalry episode, talking about some sports, NFL, college football. You ready? Oh, yeah. Glad to be on. All right, and let's jump right in. Let's talk about the best of the best. I know we have some heated conversations that are not recorded, so we're actually going to probably have one now live or recorded now on Spotify or on YouTube or wherever you guys get your podcasts. And first, let's look at the AFC picture. We'll talk about some of the big scores that took place. Uh, Falcons beat the Jaguars. The Jets actually upset the Texans in the worst of the worst battle. Uh, then secondly, the Ravens won on Sunday night in a ugly game between Lamar Jackson and Baker Mayfield. And probably the biggest news was how dominant the Patriots were over the Tennessee Titans. But we also don't even know who's really playing for Tennessee on the offensive side of the ball anymore. So let's start there with the AFC. Who is your best team right now? I would have to go with the New England Patriots. Mac Jones has been doing a really good job just doing what the offense is telling him. Not go for the deep ball, just go for a nice check down or, or give off a layoff and do what is necessary for that defense to make turnover after turnover and stop after stop to let the offense just calmly move the football down the field and score touchdowns. That's interesting. I mean, they are on a six-game winning streak. They've absolutely been rolling through competition of late. What do you say what has been the biggest thing that New England's been able to do? Is it because of the greatness that is Bill Belichick? We know there's always that little conundrum of Belichick versus Brady now. Brady's got the one-up with the Super Bowl now in Tampa. Is this his best coaching work right now? I would say that It has to be pretty up there. It's got to be in the top five. I know Belichick did an amazing job, did an amazing job with the Cleveland Browns when he was there before he went to New England, but this has got to be one of his best jobs in New England by far. All right. I can't say that they were in my conversation of the best team in my AFC, but I'm taking the reigning defending two-time AFC representatives in the Super Bowl, which is the Kansas City Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes at the quarterback position. Why? Because they have the most talented man that has ever played the position that is Patrick Mahomes. And they finally have kind of figured it out these last three, four weeks. Their defense is playing really solid. Of course, they had a bye week this week, so they didn't play. But most importantly, They have started to check the ball down. Don't look for the big play every time. Don't score fast. If you have to be methodical, beat them the way they want you to beat them. And they're capable of that. 
but they haven't been patient enough. And you've seen that progression these last couple of weeks start to really unfold. Tyree kills always a superstar when he gets the ball on his hands anywhere on the field, they can go the distance and you have the best tight end in football on Travis Kelsey. It's going to be really intriguing to see how the running back position works with Kyle or Hilaire. Our puppy is now crying in the background as we're, she's tired that we're not in here right now, but Let's see how this unfolds. I have Kansas City. What do you think of that observation? I think it's good, but I think overall, if it comes down to the Patriots versus Kansas City, I just have the Patriots just winning that game because of the fact that their defense will be able to make Mahomes cause turnovers. They'll create turnovers from Mahomes, and they'll just have to just play Belichick ball, just play the field position good defense, and I would say maybe not a high-scoring game in the playoffs, but it would be a very low-scoring game. No, no, no. They're going to have to – yes, Bill Belichick has been able to slow Patrick Mahomes down, and yet they were still scoring in the 30s in those matchups. They have to score with them, and we consider anything under 35 points is stopping Kansas City. There's no way in heck that they're going to be able to do that. That's why I have Kansas City right now. I personally have Buffalo still ahead of New England. I just don't know what you're getting. Mac Jones is going to be the offensive rookie of the year. It's not even close at this point. It's not really a debate anymore with how he's been playing at such a high level. But I have to – I'm one that has to see it to believe it. I got to see Mac Jones do it in the postseason. I have to see if Belichick can figure out a game plan. He's been doing that of late. But I need to really see, and I'm taking the person that's been there, done that, and that's Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, and Patrick Mahomes, and the crew. I got to ride with Kansas City in that regard. But let's flip it now to the NFC. We have the biggest game yesterday was Green Bay, Los Angeles. Green Bay, Los Angeles came with the Lambeau. Green Bay came out on top. Aaron Rodgers, that bad man himself, as Stephen A. eloquently puts it, he's a bad Man, I can't do it as well as he can, but it was something more or less in that regard. They really put the game away in that third quarter, pulling away by over three three possessions, and then LA kind of scored in those last in the fourth quarter to make it look closer than what it actually was. On the NFC side, who is your team to beat? Is it are those two teams in the conversation, or are you going elsewhere? So my, the best team in the NFC, in my opinion, is the Arizona Cardinals. Oh, shut up, you homer. <laughs> He's an Arizona Cardinals diehard fan. So let's see how eloquent he can actually give an argument about his team right now. Floor is yours. Well, the Arizona Cardinals have played their past. They've played three games with Colt McCoy and without Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. And they've won two out of the three of them. The only loss was to Cam Newton on his return to the Panthers. And not only did they win those games, they absolutely dominated the Seahawks and the 49ers. It was not even close. They just absolutely crushed them on both sides of the offense and defensive lines. And then when Kyler Murray and and Hopkins come back off of injury, you have to think that they will be hungry and they will be ready to make make not only the playoffs, but get that first round. 
Okay, Arizona. I respect that. I mean, two and one with Colt McCoy without DeAndre Hopkins, without Kyler Murray. AJ Green was out for one of those games as well. But come on, how can you? They have done nothing. Last year they were a total collapse once they got to this position. Were they at the one seed at that point? No, but they were still in a the playoff position as a four or five seed, and they melted down the stretch. I need to see them prove that in the long run. They have to be show some consistency. Cliff Kingsbury can get the credit what he deserves now. I really didn't think he deserved the job in the first place from out of Texas Tech. He didn't even have a winning record there in college football. But for me, it's easily, easily the Green Bay Packers. It got to be taking Aaron Rodgers right now. Yes, there is the argument of L.A., Tampa Bay, even the Dallas Cowboys. How I just vomited in my mouth sitting in the Dallas Cowboys. Um, but you have to look at the body of work. Green Bay's defense, it has struggled these last two weeks. I mean, I don't really count yesterday's game, especially in the fourth quarter. It was all backups and reserves at that point, and they were dominant through three quarters. That defense is coming around. And one of the key pieces that you're seeing now is that Aaron Rodgers, that fractured toe of his, is not bothering him whatsoever. He is absolutely lighting it up. He's got to be in the top two, top three conversation from MVP. After what we saw from Jordan Love, he is not going to be the answer anytime soon. So Green Bay better pray that they figure out what's going to happen in the offseason for Aaron Rodgers. But everyone thinks this is his farewell tour. And immediately when you think of farewell tour, you think of the 98 Bulls and what they were able to accomplish. And that's winning a title and figuring it out with all the turmoil and et cetera that was going on. If you didn't watch the Last Dance documentary, it went deep dive into that. But you have to understand that, in my opinion, you take Aaron Rodgers, and I think the complimentary now of Aaron Jones just coming back and A.J. Dillon brings a different element in that run game, a physicality. The kid was out of B.C. He was the leading rusher in football. He was a second-round pick. Many argued what was that pick going to be about, and now you're seeing it. Yak, yards after contact. The man is always falling forward. And by the fourth, third, and fourth quarter of that game, those two three-yard games were coming at the six or seven every time he was getting a touch. So I think they're starting to complement something. They found something that they really haven't had in Green Bay, which is a significant run game that they could actually utilize and take some of that pressure off of Aaron Rodgers. With the addition of Odell Beckham, it would have been huge, 100%, as he scored a touchdown on them yesterday. But – Devontae Adams is clearly the top best wide receiver in football, in my opinion. I know you'll say DeAndre Hopkins, but I think it's Devontae Adams. And they really have something going here. It's cruising in the right direction. And they have that head-to-head against Arizona from that Thursday night game where they had nobody and they beat you guys in Arizona. So I think that'll be an interesting caveat that needs to be looked at as well. So all they have to do is just – hope you guys lose one more time and they run the table they're the one seed and there's no way Aaron's gonna let that happen of losing two years in a row on home soil to get to the Super Bowl so that's where I've got I've got Green Bay there what do you think of that argument against your Arizona Cardinals oh well I would say that it seemed like we kind of gave them the win when we played them we turned the ball over too many times. Uh, 
Christian Kirk with that punt, with that muff punt, that was really, really tough. And then he had the football go through his hands. That ended up being an interception. And then, of course, the infamous A.J. Green, uh, Murray, miscommunication. Yeah, you had the game one. You, he turns around, you probably win the game. But he didn't turn around. That's yep. what football is. It's any given Sunday or that in that instance, any given Thursday. So, yep. But you have to play the game. Yep. And Aaron Rodgers beat them with out three, his top three wide receivers. His top three. Think about that. No Devontae. No Lazard. No Valdez Scantling. Randall Cobb was his number one option that in that matchup. So, and he has all of them back, and they beat him. Yeah, I really think about that deep and hard. So, I gotta lean Green Bay, in my opinion. Sorry, TB twelve. I love Tom, but not this time. But okay, let's just jump to now. We've talked about the NFC. We've talked about the AFC. Now let's just conclude with your overall takeaway from yesterday. What was the biggest takeaway that you really grasped and were like, all right, that's what I took notice of and really wanted to talk about yesterday, Sunday in the NFL? Um, My biggest takeaway is that the marriage between Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns is not going to work, and there's probably going to be a very ugly divorce in the future. So you're saying, well, that's been an argument that's been happening for about a year and a half now. So yesterday really finally sold it for you against Baltimore that the, it's just not going to work? Yes, it just seems like it's not going to work. It, I know that he's got the good running game with Chubb, very good running backs, but he needs to be able to be the quarterback like Mahomes, as you said earlier, or like Murray or like Rodgers. If, if he's not able to be able to hit that kind of level, then the Cleveland Browns are just going to continue being uh, stationary and not being able to make that jump up and to be able to be legitimate Super Bowl contenders as the fans and as the NFL would like to see. Well, that's I've kind of been out on Cleveland since about like week four or so this year. I mean, they have just been absolutely atrocious. And you, you can't question Baker's toughness, but it almost looks like he's hurting his team even being out there. And would you think Case Keenum is now a better option? And one of the things that I've taken away, he does less with more than anybody in the NFL. Like they had to get rid of Odell because the whole situation there, he just can't do it without the pieces around him. And he's struggling to do that now. For me, my biggest takeaway was, was actually from Thursday night, and that is I don't know what is going on with the Dallas Cowboys. And it makes me smile that I don't know. So I actually want to jump to Thursday night where the them Dallas Cowboys ended up losing in overtime to the Las Vegas Raiders in one of the most ugliest games to watch it was exciting offensively but there were 28 penalties both teams had 14 penalties that's just atrocious and you know yes the ref crew that is the team is the one crew that they had for that game was they called the tightest game in the national football league based off of penalties thrown and what types of penalties are being called and pass interferences holdings etc 
but Dallas is starting to show that they may not be there. And that's three of four now that they've lost. They've lost uh, all three of their losses have been to the AFC West when it comes to Denver's schmacking of them in Jerry World. Then you had their loss to Kansas City, and then they lost this past Thursday to Vegas. Yes, are they still going to be the front runners to win the NFC least? 100%. I mean, I'm a Washington fan, and we freaking suck. But if we win tonight against Seattle, we're only two games out, which actually means we actually have a realistic shot because all we have after this upcoming Sunday's game against Vegas ourselves is that we play the division the rest of the way so we control our own destiny because we get everybody uh, twice except the Giants. We get them once. So I'm kind of thrilled by that, but I'm starting to actually see questions. And also, breaking news, Mike McCarthy tested positive for COVID this morning, so he will now no longer be available for their game against New Orleans, but it might actually help them because he does not know how to do clock management at the end of a first half or a second half of a football game. But more than anything, they are starting to look, that defense is starting to look more and more suspect when they cannot create turnovers. And Anthony Brown, I am sorry, dude. There's an APB out for you after Thursday. You had four PI calls to yourself alone, which is absolutely ridiculous. Like, dude, get your head out of the gutter, bro. Like, that was ugly to watch. And then, and you saw it. Derek Carr actually played better after Darren Waller got hurt. He played better in that second half in overtime than Dak. And that, I mean, yes, no Amari Cooper, no CD Lamb. The offense is, it was not going to look any sort of what they potentially can be and should be towards the, down the stretch. But still, a lot of questions from the Dallas Cowboys. That was my biggest takeaway is that Dallas is more of a pretender than an actual contender right now. So we've talked about NFL. Now we're just going to jump to Saturday's games. This was rivalry weekend in college football. This can be our last topic of the day. And we're just going to talk about one thing. And what's that? What, what is your thing that really took away from rivalry week? Or was it something that just unfolded yesterday? Lincoln Riley's leaving Oklahoma to go to Southern Cal. What drew you in in the college football world this past week? I would say that Alabama looks like a mortal being for the first time in a very long time under Nick Saban. It's not the recruits. It's not the players. And it just seems like the coaching and the players just think that they can just show up to every game and they're just being outcoached. They're being outplayed. Their offensive line play has just been absolutely uh abysmal that it's really tough to watch they have no run game and Bryce Young who is considered to be a Heisman front runner he has not looked like that kind of Heisman trophy candidate worthy player that everyone thought he was when he played in week one against the University of Miami well I I respectfully disagree because this doesn't matter to me Alabama's still gonna probably be in the playoff if they lose a tight game this upcoming weekend against Georgia, if it's any sort of close, they're going to put a two-loss Alabama in because it is the name and image that is Alabama and Nick Saban. I know many argue that if they have two losses, they're out. But are you going to put a two? 
if you square them up against Cincinnati right now, who are you going to take? You probably think that Alabama is a minimum t- double-digit favorite in that matchup alone. So I think that's more than anything. Yes, they looked awful against Auburn, and Auburn was playing with a backup quarterback, TJ Finley, who couldn't even get on the field at LSU. My biggest takeaway is 100% Lincoln Riley leaving for USC because I have a hot take that says he's scared of the SEC because he knows he's, his playoff chances would have been gone if in a couple of years once they make that move full time. Does it, Yes, is he a great coach? 100%. Is he arguably a top two or three coach in college football right now? Without question. But now he has made his life easier, and he's taking on a challenge in Southern Cal. There's a lot of issues that aren't really on the surface of how they have been playing for the last couple of years under Clay Helton, being around an eight, nine win team, being on the precipice of potentially being a contender. And then this year's that has been absolute travesty and a train wreck, to say the least, not being eligible for a bowl game. But I think now he's taking on a challenge that's only going to be and they're one of those schools that it's a three-year plan. And as Notre Dame fans, we hate that. And USC is going to be back within a short period of time. And I, I don't want to say it, but I think they're going to be a legit contender in the playoff conversation for years to come, especially if they go to 12 anyway. Then you're going to almost be able to lock them in year in and year out as a team to be in the playoff. But for me, it's him leaving. And I think it's because he doesn't want to be having to deal with the SEC year in, year out. At Oklahoma, you have that Big 12 brand already. You are the face at this point with Texas really on the decline. It is Oklahoma, then it's everybody else. Now you're going into Georgia, Florida, Tennessee, Ole Miss now with Kiffin having them relevant again. Auburn potentially just being a quarterback away of being relevant. It all is a year in, year out grind, and you know it's Alabama and Georgia year in year out that you're gonna have to be to be on the face of college football stardom yes if it expands it makes that a little bit easier for him but i think he took on this role and yet the sec hit them leaving to the sec played a role in that what do you think i know for me alabama's going to be okay nick saban's going to be great and they're going to be a contender year in year out but i think him going to usc puts them on the map again because all you have to do is recruit southern Cal- all you have to do is start recruiting southern la the talent's there they're just going somewhere else at this moment yeah it's going to be really interesting i know if you guys are listening and not watching he's uh he is wearing an oregon sweatshirt and that's going to be one of the the best uh best matchups is going to be mario cristobal versus lincoln riley if mario cristobal does elite uh does stay at oregon it's going to be very interesting to see them match wits because of Cristobal's old school mentality of running it down people's throats versus the new air raid, throw it, uh, score 40 points a game style that is Lincoln Riley. So that'll be a very interesting matchup for years to come in the Pac-12. Well, that does it for us today. I know it's been pretty short, pretty sweet. We just wanted to Get back in here. I haven't been back on the show in, a, in almost a month now since last recording. So I apologize to my fans and my followers about that. I'm going to try and get really on it now. I've got a set work schedule. So hopefully, again, Sundays and or Mondays, we're going to try and have a podcast out weekly. 
And if not, once again, we'll start working in those special interviews that I've been doing and not really doing a weekly show. But we're going to try and work in a weekly show and have interviews and other content coming out the rest of the week. So be on the lookout for that. Again, as always, I beat my brother in everything. He can't beat me in anything athletically. And now I just beat him on this podcast because he's just doesn't know what he's talking about. So I'm just going to say that out loud right now to the rest of you so that he can end up going into his room and crying into a ball. Brotherly sibling rivalry with my brother, Keegan Spencer. Be on the lookout for podcast stuff everywhere. Have a good night.